Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all it's big. I am your host, Evan Greenberg. For today's episode, we have two guests, the first one being my main podcast guest, my co-host, you know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Alshawebke. How are you today? Doing well. How you doing? Doing well. Second man we're having on the pod, first time guest, been trying to get him on for a while, happy to finally get him on here. The reason I felt he was mostly capable was at some point last year, we had an hour and a half conversation about Saquon Barkley alone. His nickname, he has a few nicknames, and one of them probably best resembles one of Kevin Durant's, and it is not Slim Reaper. Uh, there are plenty of things I could say about him, but I'm just going to keep it simple. Alex Critchmar, future doctor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. How are you doing today? Not bad, not bad. You know, living, surviving. It's an, you know, we got a pandemic, but How's your 2K player doing? That's what everyone really wants to know. Oh, well, I got traded, uh, you know... After starting nine and twenty six with the Knicks, with uh, I, I decided that R.J. Barrett was not the partner I needed, and took my talents to uh, Minnesota. And so far, so good. We are slowly climbing up the playoff rankings. No six seed at the moment, but we're going up there. There you go. And although you are a Giants fan, the Giants were already taken, so we had to give you the dumpster fire that is typically the Cleveland Browns. Just like the Knicks. They're honest. They're really the Browns are the NFL's Knicks is a pretty good comparison. Maybe the Kings. Yeah, I'd say the Kings. At least they have talent. They're pretty close. Long playoff droughts. Yeah, some talent, but still just can't. Uh, gonna probably disappoint at some point. The 100%. Browns. Before we get into the Browns, though, what would you say? How do you grade your picks? How do you make your grades? What was your criteria? I mean, pretty straightforward, man. I mean, did I like them? Did they screw up? Like, the Browns so it was really like a did you screw up or did you not screw up kind of thing I know you know when we were talking about the draft when it was going on right you know we were just waiting for somebody to, to just kind of who was going to make that weird pick that we're that we we're just going to be like why did you do that and uh it wouldn't have been surprising if it was the Browns I mean don't it wasn't it's a little bit of a spoiler they did they were not one of those teams surprisingly it was probably the first team was the Oakland Raiders I would say yeah I, I'd agree with you that's that's probably that's probably where you're just kind of like, eh, all right. It's a yeah. Sammy and I did an episode right after the first ten picks, including the Cleveland Browns, and we're talking about how it was a pretty straightforward draft. A couple of nice picks, but not really any surprises. And then after the Jets took Beckton eleven, we were still recording when Rugs went twelve to the Raiders, and we were both kind of in shock. That we basically ended the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Sam, Sammy has some choice words to say after the podcast. <laughs> All right. And how would your grading system go? Are you doing letter, number, some other system? I'm going to go with letters. Okay. Pretty much Sammy's the same. I, what I, my system, it's pretty simple. It's if the play, if it hits a need, the players, the pick, I give it a check. If it was a good value pick, it gets a plus. If it was normal value, it gets nothing. If it was a poor value, it gets a minus. So really, you can either get a check plus, a plus, a check, a zero, a check minus, or a minus. Right. Okay. I see. And getting into those pre-draft needs, positions, I didn't have too many, surprisingly. They had a couple nice free agent pickups and they between Conklin and Austin Hooper that solidified some of their biggest weaknesses. My main pre-draft needs were left tackle, right guard, linebacker, and cornerback. 
and Alex, I guess I'll start with you. Would you? Did you have anything different, or did you have pretty much the same? I mean, O line definitely top need was the O line. I thought safety was a good place to look at, and yeah, I'll agree with you, linebacker. Pretty much the same thing. Definitely the the O line was top on my list. Sammy, you probably the same. Yeah, and also adding another edge rusher as well. Uh, other than that, okay, pretty similar. Pretty similar. Yeah, I'm okay with their edge rushers. Linebacker, they lost Schober. They lost Kirks. No, they got Kirksley. Or they lose Kirksley. I think they lost Kirksley also. So they needed definitely linebacker. But they'll, we'll get there. Linebacker does get addressed at some point. Their first pick, 10th overall, they took Jedrick Wills Jr. Tackle out of Alabama. Alex, I'll start with you. What was your grade for that pick? Uh, I, I would say I would have given it an A, but I said around A- minus only because I didn't think he was the best available at the time. I thought I actually, I'm a big Tristan Worst fan. And I, uh, I thought I honestly thought he would have he would have been a better pick. But other than that, I think you know they they chose the right position, so give him that. Sammy, I know you. I mean, we both you both of us agree with you that Werfs was our collectively best left tackle on the board. Sammy, did you give a similar grade or maybe a little lower? I actually went with a solid A for the Browns on this pick. I I do agree that Werfs probably would have been the better pick. But it's more of a 1A, 1B sort of thing with these tackles. Due to, we mentioned many times, there was a solid four going in. And to be able to get one of who we consider to be the two best <clears throat> between Werfs and Wills, and then after them between Becton and Andrew Thomas, even though probably say Andrew Thomas was better than Becton at this point, to still be able to have the opportunity to grab one of those two is still good value for the Browns, so I'm keeping it as an A. Yeah, because the Giants, no one was really sure which one they were going to take. They ended up taking Andrew Thomas fourth overall. And then there was speculation that at least one other tackle would go in the top 10 before the Browns. The Cardinals at eight seemed like the most likely, but when they took Isaiah Simmons, the tackles just fell a little bit, and the Browns had their choice of either Wills, Werfs, or Becton. Went with Wills. I like the pick a lot because... Even though he played more right tackle in Alabama, he should have the ability to move to left tackle pretty seamlessly. And although you did pay Conklin a lot of money, having that versatility, I always think is a good factor to have. For me, the check—it's just a plot. It's just a check. Just simply, it was a need, which gives it the check. As Alex mentioned, that was one of their biggest ones. It wasn't really—it was a good value, but it wasn't a huge deal or anything. It wasn't like he fell to where worse was. He was the second tackle taken. Which is why it's a simple check, but it, it makes a lot of sense for them, and it's a good pick. Yeah, I just like his size and his strength for the running game, especially when they have Nick Chubb in that backfield. He probably and Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt. But Nick Chubb had an incredible season last year, and he's pretty much been, have been an incredible running back since joining the league. Like he's been above average, been top average uh, in yards per game. And to have another run blocker, especially one in a tackle position, will definitely help. And his size is just... Mm-hmm. I mean, we agreed that he was the sec- arguably second best, tied with the best in Worfs, coming into the draft. So you, you, you're, not, you're not disappointed with him. No, you pr- can't be. I perf- I, before the draft, I wanted them to take Andrew Thomas just to replace that left tackle side that Joe Thomas took over for so long. But the fact that they didn't take Mekhi Becton is a good omen for the Browns considering, as our listeners know, I've soured on my guy Becton even before the Jets took him. 
And then the Jets taking him confirmed all my suspicions of him being a disappointment. <laughs> but I digress. Let's move on to the second round pick. 44th overall, they took Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU. Sammy, Give me this obviously. One. Yeah, go first. <laughs> I gave it an A-. minus. Due to, I, we mentioned that safety is one of their needs. And Delpit, we were discussing many, many times, was probably a day one value. How he fell into the second round is a bit questionable, considering that there were a good other number of safeties that also fell into the second round that we were all projecting to go in the first round. So to be able to, they, they, traded, a, they traded with the Colts, they traded back with the Colts, and they still were able to draft him. Am I correct? So why only an A minus? Yeah, because yeah, the Colts trade up to forty two. But yeah, why only an A minus? I'm just afraid of his ankle injury. Okay, because I would have assumed an LSU guy who fell into the second round hitting a need would have given at least an A on your. It, it was, but I'm I'm just concerned about his his ankle injury, and I I have history of LSU players who have had constant ankle injuries going into the NFL draft, like. Leonard Fournette being one of them, where one year he's going to excel, and then the next year he's going to completely fall flat because that injury is going to come back. So how he comes back from that ankle injury will either get, turn him into an A, even possibly an A+. plus. But given where he is now, I'll keep him at an A-. minus. And Alex? Yeah, I'd say I, I also had an A-. minus. I thought he was a, I thought it was a great pick, great value at that time, obviously – he was talked about throughout much of this of the college season about being a first round pick. He dropped his second day, and yeah, they picked him up. They got a good pick. They, they don't have a lot of options there. They had they got Carl Joseph now on a one year deal. Andrew Sandejo, like this is a guy who could actually play long term for them. It's kind of similar, you know. They took Greedy Williams last year, and like when he dropped a lot, he was you know a hot name going into the draft. I like it. I agree. I think we're all consistent. I gave this a plus because we had him as that first-round grade and falling all the way to 44. He provides just a really nice part of the secondary. I see him working really well with this Browns team, him and Denzel Ward, Ward being the number one corner. Those two just providing that really formidable pass coverage that similar to like the Tennessee Titans had where they had Kevin Byer at safety and then end up kind of working on on the cornerbacks to build a really good secondary. The Browns are starting to build that if Williams ends up making a leap this year into a solid second cornerback. All of a sudden, the Browns have a really good secondary, which was a huge weakness for them last year for the most part. It's a plus for me. Really good pick. I could see him in this team becoming a really good safety for a long time. You just got to hope injuries don't pile up on him, which that it really affected his season, his last season with LSU. He, he showed so much promise his junior year, though. That's what you're hoping for in his value. Yeah, and it's not like one of those players where they really just regressed a la Jordan Love, where they just got worse from their junior (laughs) or senior year. When injuries are a factor and it's the smaller injuries, I'm less worried. If it's a big, like, Achilles or elbow or neck or back, those are the ones that kind of worry me a little more. But the minor ankle stuff and whatever shoulder stuff that's not the major injuries, I'm okay with going forward. You have plenty of time now to rest and recover, and he should be good. With Once you put him into an NFL system, too, NFL training, NFL health and conditioning, he should be in a better place. In terms of yeah. the 44th pick itself, I, I think I would like to actually move it back to an A due, due to the fact that they were able to draft Delpit 
while trading back and recouping a fifth round pick from the Colts. So yeah, it was pretty good that's a that's him. a good move to to make to still be able to pull that off. So I I think I might switch that to an A actually. Okay, that's what I, that's where I more figured you'd be anyway. So we're right back to my original thoughts on your grade. <laughs> you ready to move on to third round? Let's do it. I'm ready. 68th overall pick. They took Jordan Elliott, defensive tackle out of Missouri. I'll start first on this one. I gave it a plus, similar to Delpit. Even though we had him at some points being projected a third round, he seemed like a guy who was going to rise up draft boards. I know when we did our our evil mock snake draft, Pat was really high on Jordan Elliott, considered him with a potential even first-round grade. And I saw some places had him even in that range as well as being the third defensive tackle behind Kinlaw and Brown. Obviously, there were several other defensive tackles that went before him in that second round and early third round. But he might arguably be that third best defensive tackle in this entire class and getting him in the third round and further solidifying their front four. He can be a he's a solid pass rusher for an interior defensive lineman, which is pretty hard to come by. And he's a good athlete as well. I just the upside of this pick, similar to Delpit and similar to Wills, is just really there. And you got good value on it. So I like the pick a lot. I gave it a plus. Alex, what about you? Yeah, I said A. They they addressed that position. They needed depth on the def- on the defensive line and they got it. You know, this is this is a good pick. That's all I got to really say about that. It's a good pick. All right, Sammy. I uh I went with a B plus on him. I mentioned him in our favorite fits that I really liked him being on the Browns, and I think him on the Browns, he will have a a pretty upside career. But I'm just more questioning what the Browns were doing drafting him since I didn't really have defensive line as one of their major needs. I mentioned that, you know, edge and linebacker, and you had some couple of big names that were definitely available at this time. You probably could have gone with over Elliott. Like Zach, Zach Bond out of Wisconsin was still available around this time. Or who the Bengals ended up taking either one of the two linebackers that they drafted in uh, Logan Wilson or Davis Gaither. Gaither. Well, Wilson was already gone. Wilson was taken 65th. Was he taken already gone? Well, then Davis Gaither, at least. like To fill in in a spot of need, I felt was more than adding another rotational defensive lineman in terms of the Browns' point of view. For Elliott, I think it's a great spot for him to land to. And I'm giving it a B plus. I guess I just disagree with you in the fact that although I always consider need a huge mention, they probably looked at their best player available and Elliot likely was in at least the top five. And even if he wasn't an Akeem Davis Gaither, I didn't have pass rusher as a need, which would kind of eliminate Zach Vaughn. And a lot of other teams clearly kind of soured on him as well, which is why he fell into the 70s. The pick is just a solid pick for me. Maybe they could have done slightly better. But in terms of where we had him, and you said it yourself, he's a really good fit into that team. I'm not, I guess I see the pick a little higher than you. Based on your grade system, I would have probably went with an A-. minus. The only thing that holding him back really was the fact that they didn't necessarily need him. Alex, anything from you? I Again, I told you, I think it's a good pick. They Last season, they had a run towards the end. The, the defense was really cratered. And this was just, if anything, at least it gives them some depth. It, it, you know, he could be a starter, but he could also just somebody to come off the bench. And- okay, I see him being a potential day one starter, if not year one. 
But we'll move on to their other third-round pick. 97th overall, they took Jacob Phillips, linebacker out of LSU. Once again, another LSU guy. Sammy, you get to go first. I'm giving this one a A- minus grade. I don't know if that's shocking to you or not. (laughs) Homer. But I've watched Phillips play at LSU. And between him and Patrick Queen, Patrick Queen is the better athlete. Phillips had all the stats defensively in terms of that linebacker crew. And we we had linebacker as one of the needs for the team. And... To be able to draft him in the third round and be able to get someone who will probably be able to start day one, as long as he's work, he'd probably be working with uh, who they have, BJ Goodson and Mac Wilson. Yeah, and having him work off those two and compete with them, he's gonna have a great time with the Browns, and I think it's a great pick for the Browns and a great pick for him. Alex, you agree? I agree. I think this was. I thought this was a solid pick. He's a great player. They lost, you know, Christian Kirksey and Joe Schobert, and they got a good replacement. It's a, it was a good, you know, it was a position of need, and this was a, it was a good value. I wasn't even sure about the value. Maybe you've sold me a little bit on the pick because we didn't talk about him really at all in our first three rounds, which is when I, all of a sudden he was taken in the top 100. I had to kind of do a little more digging on him. His stats were certainly pretty impressive leading the middle of that LSU defense. I gave it just a check because the value is fine. It was certainly a need. And he could be a solid player for them. He's not. They don't have really any great athletes, though, in their linebacking crew, which is kind of worrisome. You would like to have... I mean, Queen obviously was a first-round pick, but you'd love to have a good athlete to mix in there. And now you don't really have that, which could provide a little bit of a weakness for the Browns, as linebacker already was. I think this is a totally average pick. Honestly, I would have been lower on it than both of you were. I'm just giving it a check. Boo. <laughs> Am I a hater now? Boo. <laughs> hey, maybe I'm going to motivate, just like you're motivating a few other guys that we've talked about. <laughs> Don't hurt me, Harrison. Let's move on. We're moving on to a Harrison, actually. <laughs> 115th overall. They took Harrison Bryant, tight end out of FAU. Alex, I'll start with you. What was your grade for this pick? I gave it a B plus. It was a good he's a talented player, good tight end. They have two D you know, they just got they just got Austin Hooper in free agency. They still have David uh, Najoku. Like did I think they really needed another tight end? No, but it's, he's a, he, he did have a great college season, so B-plus, I guess, is, is where I'll keep it. I like him a lot. He was my second or third rated tight end in this entire class. Comet, Comet being the, tight, the top tier, and then probably Troutman two, Harrison Bryant number three. Considering that he fell all the way to the middle of the fourth round, where a lot of tight ends were taken in the third round, and none of them ended up being him, I was between a zero or a plus. As you mentioned, they don't really need a tight end, although it seems like they've soured on Joku at this point, taking a top-tier tight end and paying Hooper big money, which makes it seem like Brian has an opportunity to be that second tight end. And with Kevin Stefanski coming in and liking to run the ball heavy, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a lot of two tight end sets, considering they really only have two solid receivers as well with Odell Beckham and Juice Landry. Having two wide receivers, two tight end sets, wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing that a lot more in Cleveland this year which would give Bryant plenty of opportunity. He's a really great receiver. You mentioned his numbers were 
probably as good as any tight end in college football. And his catching ability is just there. He will need to work on his run blocking a little bit more, or even his pass blocking. Just blocking general is a little lackluster. But as a pass catching player, as a tight end, he's as good as you're going to get in this class, which is why I like the pick a lot. I'll stick with the zero, but it's as close to a plus zero as you're going to get. Yeah, I agree with you. I gave it a B just due to I didn't really have tight end as that much of a need, but given his value and where they got him in the draft and his capability as being as a potential third receiver or I guess a fourth receiver once we, once we talk about someone later on, him being able that type of hybrid player and play inside and out really could definitely be beneficial for Baker Mayfield to to work with outside of just the two receivers that you've mentioned already. Yeah, Mayfield is definitely one of the winners within this, but based on just the draft and free agency, getting a lot more help on the line and weapons. So I would certainly agree there. Let's move on to their fifth pick and kind of continuing with that 160th overall. They took Nick Harris, center out of Washington. I gave this pick a plus. He was a guy that I mentioned a few times as a third round pick. And center is not a huge need for them. They could possibly put him in guard if they need to or just rotate their offensive line some. But he was a really good player out of Washington. I was a big fan of him just watching his tape and just being able to command that offensive line. He's produced, they've had several good running or several running backs who have outperformed probably what they should have. And they've had a couple decent quarterbacks kind of run through there with Jake Browning and Jacob Beeson. Harris is a really solid player. He could easily be a day one starter, which providing we're already at the 160 60th pick. That's just really impressive value, which was a common theme for the Browns. I gave this pick a plus. It was a really great pick for me, even if it wasn't a major need. As Alex mentioned, really any spot on the offensive line, addressing that makes sense. And this makes sense with the value as well. And Alex, I guess I'll push it to you next. Yeah, yeah, I said B+. Again, offensive line was atrocious last season. Just another another body. It's another another body, potentially a a starter, potentially just a backup. But it doesn't hurt just to have more people to come out because Baker Mayfield needs to stop running around. So... Yeah, B+. plus. Yeah, hopefully he is, with the solid offensive line like they should have this year, he'll be seeing fewer shadows and having to run less out of the pocket. I do agree that I, I, I go with B+, plus as well, and I think what really sold me on him is the fact that he played, he spent some time playing at guard, so you know that he can be effective, not just at center, where they didn't have that as a need at all. We mentioned guard and tackle, so... If he ends up competing for a guard spot, then this could end up being a great value pick for the Browns, especially since centers weren't really that highly valued this draft either. Guards were valued less than centers. Guards, centers, just, yeah. at least, <laughs> centers at least were taking most of them within a round. Ruiz went in the first round. Baidez, we had a third-round guy, went in the fourth round. Same with Cushenberry, went in the third round. We had him as a second, third-round guy. It's not like guards were second-round guards were going in the fourth through sixth round. No, I think it's a good fit for him, especially when guards aren't, they're not, it's not their strongest point on the line. No, and as you mentioned, that versatility is going to become very important for the Browns. Just having guys who can play, you have Wills who can play either tackle spot, you have Harris who can play center or guard. 
you're really putting yourself just in good position just in case anything happens as well. Either one of them can fill in another need. On to the next pick. Yeah, Sammy alluded to this pick a little bit earlier. Their last pick, sixth round, 197th overall. They took Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver out of Michigan. And Sammy, I guess I'll start with you since you were kind of alluded to him earlier and seemed to feel highly about this pick. Is it funny to say that a sixth round pick might be my favorite pick that they've made this whole draft? I wouldn't totally agree, but also I don't disagree with you making that statement. I gave this an A due to just the fact that he was considered a day two receiver. I have no idea why he ended up falling all the way down to the sixth round, but he's he has just great size. I think he's six foot two. He's very athletic, good vertical, good speed. He's just all around. He should have been a day two receiver, and how he wasn't drafted all the way until the sixth round is actually. It's funny how that works. Now I think about it, do you think people were looking at his stats from college and the fact that Michigan wasn't really that much of a pass-heavy team, that he didn't really have that many stats for him to fall? But it's just, I don't don't know. He Athletically and everything about him, he should have been a day-two guy. Yeah, he was a big product coming out of high school. His college numbers probably left a lot to be desired. Michigan has that effect on players, though, where a lot of Michigan guys, I'm just thinking especially Rashawn Gary, who was considered a top five top 10 recruit coming out of high school and then got taken one, late in the first round by the packers hmm? he was the number one i think overall high school recruit his year sean gary yeah i think you might but you might be right it's just they do that a lot where guys that go to michigan I, jim harbaugh was great at recruiting and his teams play well they just the individual stats are not necessarily there i couldn't tell you a single player who really outperformed themselves and improved their draft stock a lot What's funny, though, about the pick is I would have considered him very similar in terms of where we had him in the draft to Van Jefferson. And the difference of where they went in the draft is remarkable, where Van Jefferson went a round and a half earlier than we would have expected, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones going three rounds later. I don't... The NFL GMs surprised me a lot in certain ways, that being one of them, how two guys that we probably would have similarly graded and had ranked can go over 100 picks apart. And he can definitely be a, a day day one third receiver on that team immediately. He could be. I'm, I'm not positive he will be. There must be some reason they see of him. And even if you you said it, his physical gifts are there, even if his route running is maybe something that they're a little worried about, you don't need him to play right away because you have your two really solid wide receivers. You have two tight ends. You have two running backs. You can get creative in your formations without even needing a great third receiver. And if he can develop into that in a year or so, maybe they'll have to do something with Beckham or Landry, depending on how the year goes. You're pretty set, considering, as you mentioned, as a six-round pick, this is almost as good as you're going to get. But before I give my grade, I'll let Alex give his. I said A-. minus. You know, I agree. He's he's definitely physically gifted. He gives the team a a third receiver behind their two stars, stars, quotation marks. Odell Beckham is also not the most durable. So I think in the sixth round... This is, a, this is a good pick. And, you know, obviously college production wasn't there. With Michigan quarterbacks, it really, rarely is. Okay, so I gave this pick a plus, pretty much as you guys alluded to, or Sammy alluded to especially. The value was just really great there. They didn't need a third receiver. I'm okay with them not even if taking one. But he was arguably the best player you could have possibly taken at this point. 
And why not? We're dealing with the late round guys. And most of the time we talk about how we don't expect them to really even do much. But Peoples Jones is one of the rare ones that has the ability to either be a third receiver year one or come in as a two or three receiver a year down the line, which is really almost impossible to find this late in the draft. Basically just taking a gem and taking the best player available. When you're at this late in the draft, it makes no sense to me why teams don't do this more often. A few teams did really make nice picks on guys that fell. I don't know why. Somehow the Browns picked that up better than most teams. Browns had a good draft. They did. Well, I guess speaking of that, now that we've gone through all our picks, you want to give me your final thoughts and grades on the Browns draft? Yeah, I mean, I think I think this was a very successful Browns draft. We don't say that often. I think average grade, I think, between us was like an, I feel like players got like an A-. minus. That's, that's pretty solid. That's a very non-Browns traditional draft. So is that what you're giving, an A-? minus? A- minus overall. Sammy? Yeah, I also gave it an A-. And the one thing that I really liked about this draft compared to previous Browns draft is that their front office kind of navigated it in the best way possible. They were able to take the best player on the board in positions that they needed, or they were able to trade back when they felt it was appropriate, like the Delpit trade. And then they also grabbed a couple more picks for next year's draft. You never can go wrong with more capital for next year as well. And then it seems like we all in a decent agreement that in the next few years, we expect every one of these players to potentially start for this team. And you can't, I don't think you can say that about any other team except for maybe the Saints, that every single player that they took was a good pick. I completely agree that they had no reaches, lots of great value. It seemed like, for the most part, they were just going with best player available while simultaneously addressing their biggest need, which is offensive line, and getting another linebacker as well. The only thing that they didn't get was a cornerback, but they only had seven picks which is quite all right. Overall, I would agree A- minus probably the great. If they had hit their needs on another pick or two, they could have even hit the A range. But just all good picks. Even my, like, I had four plus, five pluses, no, four pluses, two checks that I liked, and a zero who almost was a plus, which means you did almost as good as you possibly can for any team. One of my favorite drafts. I didn't really expect it until going through pick by pick, but they really did a good job. Shockingly un-Cleveland like. Maybe it's the sign of a new era. I mean, it's funny. A lot of the teams that are typically known to make really bad drafts, a lot of them made solid drafts. The Jets, for the most part, were solid. The Giants, for the most part, were solid. The Browns had a pretty solid draft. The Redskins did a pretty good job. Only really the Lions were. Even the Lions weren't that bad. So, it's kind of. Maybe it's the changing of the tide that teams are just starting to figure it out. See Detroit, we can talk positive about you. Yeah, we didn't we didn't make fun of them a lot when we did our Detroit episode with John, but I felt like I probably should have. I should have stuck with the shtick of making fun of them. But I guess Bob Quinn, you can still do your job. Good for you. I'm not gonna say the same for Matt Patricia. Well, you know, Packers are also. I mean, I wouldn't say they uh, had an amazing draft, but no, they but. We're not usually the Packers weren't a team that's known to make terrible drafts. We're talking about the teams who just consistently year in and year out make poor draft picks, and then this year seem to at least start to right the ship. The Raiders. Well, we'll get it. We're gonna get into them soon, but I think that's all we got for the Browns. So, Alex, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me.
and we'll certainly have you back on soon. You're going to be on for a few of these draft episodes. This is going to be the first of the few. So you're going to be a recurring guest before you know it. All right. Thanks, Sammy, as always, for coming on. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to Firmly Grasp It wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at GraspIt2020. You can email us at graspit2020 at gmail.com. Continue to tell your friends about us. We got a lot more teams coming. This is only week two of eight. So once again, if your team hasn't been mentioned yet, they'll get mentioned soon, I promise. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.